Just lift up your hands as you lift up your heart to the Lord this morning. Jesus, we offer ourselves before you today. Living sacrifices are acceptable worship unto you. Jesus, we are waiting here for you. Because who else has the words of eternal life? Who else can touch our soul and transform our lives? Who else, Lord God? No one but you. Would you come today as we as a people stand before you now in reverent awe at your goodness speak living words speak ears to hear. And Lord, we would hear your command today. And we would ask that you would give us ready hearts to obey. In the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we are continuing a series of studies that we began here in September on the tender commandments, expressions of the Father's love. If you're just joining us, I would invite you to uh, pick up uh, CDs in the back of some of the previous messages, the five previous messages in the series. The PowerPoints that are there, you can go to the website and uh, pull them down, MP3 file is they'll give you some context to um, what we've been hearing from the Lord. This is a year of return, and as a part of that year, the Lord is returning us to the root, to the heart of his heart. And as we've seen, these tender commandments are his word spoken to us, a love letter written by his own hand with his own finger, written upon tablets of stone so that we would not forget. These tender commandments are found for us in Exodus chapter 20, the first 17 verses. And as we've noted several times, there are really two directions to these commandments. The first four commandments 
are directed vertically in terms of our relationship with God. And as we just heard the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Those are addressed in those first four commandments. And then the emphasis shifts in the second six commandments to loving, the second being like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And the second six commandments help us understand our opportunities and responsibilities as it relates to our relationship with those with whom we live and work and serve and care and share community and life with. This morning, we're going to be looking at the first of those more horizontal-related commandments, that of honoring our parents. This particular command is found for us in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. where we are told to honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now this command is also restated for us in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, and expands just a little bit on Exodus chapter 20, saying, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. This is a a restating now and a a re-emphasizing of this command. So that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This morning I want to just take and unpack this uh, in some fairly simple ways. We're going to be talking about three things. We're going to talk about the principle and the practicals and then the promise. If you're taking notes, we'll have three main headers here for our conversation this morning. First, let's talk about the principle here. And the principle is embedded in this word honor. What does that word honor mean? What does it mean to honor? We use the word, but do we know what it means? All right, extra sermon points available if anybody knows. The Hebrew word, which is translated here, honor. Anybody happen to know that word? Right, it's the word kabed, K-A-B-E-D, 
you the transliteration in English. Kebab. And it literally means weight. Heaviness. And so the word honor literally means to give appropriate weight. To give appropriate weight. When we meet somebody who has a certain level of position or prominence or power, we might say that they're a very weighty person. We're not speaking of their physical weight. We're speaking of something else. We're speaking of their, um, the, the, the heaviness they carry in terms of their authority. So when we talk about honoring God, we're talking about giving him appropriate weight. And his appropriate weight that we give in honor to the Lord has to do with his glory, the weight of all of, and, and glory is also with weight, so it's the glory of, it's the weight of his weight. It's the, we're, we're giving the appropriate amount of value other would be like the scales, the appropriate weight. How much weight does God deserve? Well, the obvious answer is infinite amount of weight. And now, the Lord in his goodness, speaking to us out of the expressions of his heart, says to us that we are to give appropriate weight to our parents. We are to honor our parents. Well, let's unpack that principle a little bit more. First of all, there's an inward dimension to this honoring. As with all of God's tender commandments, in fact, as all of everything that we are as it relates to the um, being a child of God, everything begins from the inside out. And so this honor that we are to give, this, this appropriate weight, can perhaps best be described with the word esteem. We are to esteem our parents. That means to give them value, to recognize their significance. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. 
And each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. So what we're talking about is valuing your parents for who they are. And I want you to grab hold of that because now, you know, this is a, this is a challenging message to bring because I am aware as your pastor that there are some of you who um, have parents who've perhaps created substantial difficulties in your life. Some of you are perhaps even estranged from your parents. There's a distance, there's a detachment from them, particularly those of you that are adults from your adult parents. And so I recognize the complexities here of what we're talking about this morning. However, what I want to try to bring to us is a word that sort of is, is very simple in some ways and, and comes down into the heart of issues even below or underneath all of those complexities. And part of it is found, first of all, in this inner attitudinal shift that we have. And that is to value our parents for who they are, not for who we wish they were. Because I have a prophetic word that I can say without reservation, and that is that there is not a single one of you listening to my voice who has perfect parents. And there is not a single one of you who is a parent who is a perfect parent. However, the scripture doesn't say, respect your mother and father if they're perfect. We are to value them for who they are. Now, part of that may take some work with you and the Lord and maybe with some trusted people to come alongside of you. But at the very minimum level, it is esteeming and valuing them because they are the ones who brought you into this world. And you would not have life except for them. But I think as you dig even deeper, you may discover other ways. And, and, and I believe that God, I mean, this is part of his, you know, remember radical and shift, radical going to the roots and shift, a dislodging and repositioning. I think there's an ongoing dislodging and repositioning that he's bringing into our lives. And it is connected to these expressions of his heart. And part of that for some of us may be a movement internally in our hearts. A shift that needs to take place in the foundation stones of our hearts, even in how 
we look at our parents and the value with which we hold them or the lack of value with which we hold them. I'm going to let the Spirit just sort of work that in our hearts. And, you know, again, I recognize that there's many, many complexities here. However, there is a place that God wants to bring us to, a, a fundamental, foundational bedrock that says, whatever else, somewhere there is a place that God wants to bring us. And it may be, you know, for us it may feel like a very small place, yet there is a place where I think we need to stand and esteem our parents. And perhaps... I think the Lord wants to widen that, enlarge in that in our lives by his grace. To value our parents for who they are. Externally, this looks like obedience. And obedience means to listen and do. Now, again, this is going to shift from season to season. There comes a point in our lives when the, the Lord is very clear and the Scripture is very clear that we are to, to leave our mother and father and, and cleave to our spouse. There's, there's a time developmentally in our lives where we move into adulthood and obedience looks different in different seasons of life. However, in the context of the principle of what God is getting at here in his tender commandments. He says in Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And so our, our principle here is to be ready to listen and do in response to instruction. Be ready to listen and then do in response to instruction. This doesn't mean that you will always fully understand even that big question, why? You're a parent? You ever heard that one? Why? And what's every parent's response? Because I told you so. By God's grace, God has given me this wonderful relationship with my kids. Those of you that don't know, I have four children. Oldest will be 27 next week. And uh, she's married, lives in California. My second will be 25 in December. She's married, lives in Chicago. Miss Claire, who was up here leading the dance, part of the dance team earlier, is 16. And then Mr. Noah is 11. And I love my kids. And they love me, and we have a wonderful relationship together. There have been times in our life together where they haven't fully understood why I have shared with them and 
explained to them and instructed them in the ways that I believe that they need to go at that particular moment in their life. And when they have come back to me at various levels of distress around that, part of my response has been, well, someday you can put that in the book you'll write. (laughs) So we sort of have it down to a little phrase, which is, just put it in the book. Just put it in the book. I try not to be capricious. I'm not, I try not to be unkind or uncharitable, but there are times where, as the parent, this is what we're doing. As children, there is an invitation, and even more than that, an obligation to listen and to do what has been instructed. Why? Because this is the way that God in his grace has formed family. And family really is the bedrock of society. Which is why when family is under assault... We need to be alert because that means that the very structures of society themselves are under assault. Because the enemy knows that if he can destroy family, he can destroy the very fabric of society. I've got to tell you, I I, I watch very, very, very little TV. In fact, I don't know any of the current shows that are on, but I I can tell you that every once in a while you see something just floating through the ether. And and, and there's been a tradition for many, many years in Hollywood, in terms of Hollywood, particularly Hollywood comedy sitcoms, about, you know, the stupid parent smart child syndrome. You know, have you ever watched, you seen any of those, you know? That's very distressing to me. Very distressing. Because it's undermining something which God has valued so much that he took his finger and wrote it in stone. And if God valued it so much, how can we value it so little? Leviticus, it talks about do not curse your parents. Do you know what the word curse means? Do you know what the word curse actually literally means? The word curse means to treat lightly. Don't treat your parents like dust that you can just wipe off the table. Give them the appropriate weight which they deserve. So be ready to listen and do in response to instruction. So there's an internal and an external component to the principle of honoring your parents. Now, the one caveat here, of course, in terms of this obedience, even, you know, even when you don't understand, even when you disagree, 
unless your parent instructs you to do something which would be counter to God's, you know, if your parent says, I need you to lie, you can very lovingly say, Mom and Dad, I respect you, but I can't disrespect God. He, he has more weight in that sense and in that case. All right. The practical. Jesus thought this was pretty important. In fact, this is one of the places he took the scribes and the Pharisees, the chief religious mucky mucks, to task. Remember in Matthew chapter 15, God said, for God said, this is Jesus talking, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So they had a way of getting around everything. They wanted to get rich, so they had this thing that they had devoted to. They they would take the things that they were supposed to use to support their aging parents, and they would take those funds, and they would set them aside and say, oh, no, this is cumin. These are are set-asides unto the Lord, and we can't use that for our parents because we've devoted this to God. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, time out. Whistle blown. You're out of line. You're using God's word to nullify God's word, and in so doing, you are showing that you don't even understand the heart of what God's after. You're manipulating the system so you can get rich. Stop it. So there's ways in which this gets worked out practically in our lives. Okay, let's take a look at what some of those are. Love them. Love them. This takes, you know, there's so many different dimensions to this. We could just talk about this for a long, long time. But, but at, at its most simple place, that love is, 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 a, is a place of, of showing them appropriate affection, and, um, and, and also actions which, which display and show your love for them. Listen to them. You know the old saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we might listen twice as much as we speak. Listen to your parents. They, you know, I understand when you're young, you know everything. I did too. I knew everything right up until I was in my mid-20s. Then I started discovering that there were things I didn't know. Let me cue you in right now. This would be a really good time to start listening. to understand them. Seek first to understand before being understood. I love this about, you know, I'll I'll tell you, I love, 
it's wonderful parenting at all different stages, you know. Annette and I like to tease, you know, because we had kids in the 80s, 90s, and the aughts. We liked parenting so much we'd made a lifetime vocation of it. And one of the joys of having kids at different stages is you get to experience parenting at all of those different stages. And I love my, my adult kids who call me up and just to say, how you doing, Dad? They just want to understand what's going on in my life. That's really cool. That's just one of the joys of getting to having adult kids, is just having them call you and them wanting to know what's going on in your life. How are things? You doing okay? It's a real joy to understand. And, and actually, you know, um, and, and now I'm also on the other end. My parents are aging. Um, they're, uh, you know, they're in their 80s now. And getting to, to understand them more fully now for who they are and the way, you know, we heard the prophetic word earlier this morning about, about God wanting us to be who we are fully and, and beginning to understand my parents for who they are, how God made them, the challenges that they face, some of the reasons behind the way our lives ended up working out. Their parenting of, of us. It's really helpful when you start to get context and understand your parents. And you can do that at a young age. Just begin to understand them. Forgive them. You know, many times go to my children and ask them for forgiveness and just say, you know what? I really blew it. I'm sorry. That's humbling as a parent to go to your children and just say, yeah, that one, that, that just got away from me there. Sorry. That was... In the same way that I, as a parent, get to ask forgiveness of my children, I get to offer forgiveness to my parents. Because guess what? My parents are among the 100% who weren't perfect. But if I can release them internally in my heart, something shifts in myself. There's a it's very intuitive, but it's, it's real and it's significant. And, and it makes a difference when you can forgive your parents. Now, some of you have grown up in very abusive And it's not been safe for you. I want to hear you very, I want you to hear me very clearly. In, in that forgiving, I'm, I'm not even telling you to say, oh, your parents were right in what they did. They weren't. If, they, if you were abused as a child, there was nothing right about that. Nothing right about that. Nor would I require you to somehow 
put yourself or your children in a place where where they were unsafe or you were unsafe or, or where you'd be in a position where you would be in such a proximity and, and, and sort of constant relationship where you can simply be beat up all over again, emotionally or physically or other. It's not what I'm talking about. So let me be very clear on that point. I'm talking about something, though, that happens in your heart that opens your hands and releases them because ultimately the Lord is the one who judges all of our hearts and does it perfectly, which we can't. So it is moving ourselves out of the way and allowing him, and it also somehow unhooks us from the stuff that holds us because, you know, one of the things that happens with unforgiveness is you end up looking like the person you're not forgiving. You really do. And that's why it's so helpful and important to forgive. Care for them. Care for your parents. You know, we're in that transition season with my mom and dad. They'll be listening to this tape. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Um, but they're getting to a, a different stage. I've been, I've been telling them. Here's what I, I tell them because they're still, they're still very independent and still active and they still travel. And, and I tell them, like, for, this is just an example. When they're going to go traveling, I say, mom, dad, I mean, use your elderliness. All right? You know, leverage, wisdom, not strength. It's okay to ask somebody to put up the, you know, the carry-on luggage. It's okay to say to some guy standing there who's next to you who's 23 and who's got enough energy in their life to light up the city to say, would you please grab my bag off of the... It's okay. It's a different season. It's a different time. And as... You know, and, and we as, as a family are, are sort of walking that through with them. What does that practically look like in this season and stage of their life? Some of you, your parents aren't there yet. Some of them, you know, you're like me, you're in that in-between spot, and you're, you're moving in that direction. And God, but we have to ask the Lord, what does that look like for me to care for them and bless them? We did a series on the blessing several months ago, and I just want to remind you of that again and invite you to bless your parents, speaking well of them, imparting to them that which they need. It's a powerful thing when you can bless your parents. Again, I realize that a lot of us might have a lot of work to do in a lot of these areas, and I realize that a lot of this has raised far more questions than I can address in a few minutes on a Sunday morning. But I wanted to at least give us some 
some very practical things that we can do to live into the principle of esteeming and obeying our parents. And what, what might that look like? And again, there's so many dimensions and seasons of time and every situation is unique and different. But the simplest place that I want us to keep coming back to, I want to keep bringing us back to that simple place. Starting with the esteem expressed in obedience as is appropriate with the given stage and season of life that you are in. And then practically to love them, to listen to them, to understand them, to forgive them, to care for them, to bless them. There's really practical reasons for doing this. This is why God, because so that it will, because of the promise, and the promise is that You know, you're going to live long and things will go well for you. And he's speaking not simply to individuals. He's speaking to the people of Israel as a whole. And he's saying, if you have this in place, things are going to go better. Societally, things are going to go better when homes are intact. Care for your parents now because one day you're going to be old too. You know the t-shirt, be good to your children because someday they'll be picking out your nursing home. (laughs) But there is something that needs to happen here in terms of, there's just a basic, in that life together, there is an intrinsic value that is being expressed, God saying, these are, th- this is how it works. I'm going to tell you how it works. And the next five commands are going to get more at that very practical how it works. To live life together, and it starts in your home. And this is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, this is in Deuteronomy, you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you. That you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6. Don't, let, don't lose track of these things because they're important to you. Because if, you know, and again, this is the point of these tender commandments. They are not prison bars. They are not intended to shackle you and bind you. They're intended to free you to become all that God wants you to be and to free us to experience the fullness of what his heart intends. So we can expect That when we do these things, that there is a residual that begins to flow into our life of blessing of the Lord. 
I'm going to come back and circle back for a moment to the year of return because this, this is one of the places that I believe God's bringing return. The last words of the Old Testament in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, the very last words, and then there's 400 years of silence, but the last words. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their families, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. That's what he's planning. His intention, and in Christ, we see the heart of the Father turned to His Son, and the heart of the Son turned to His Father. And Jesus gives us that incredible example, and God the Father, who is the perfect parent, who gives us this example of godly father and sonship, and invites us, To have our hearts turned. As parents, to have them turn to our children because, you know, this is another message, but it's connected. In Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, it talks about obeying your parents. And then it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. There is a responsibility and obligation to us as parents of how we parent. But God turns our hearts to our kids and turns the children's hearts to us. And when that happens, all heaven breaks loose. And when that doesn't happen, the opposite. So I don't know about you, but I want to have all heaven break loose. Don't you? I want to have all heaven break loose. Worship team, please come on up if you would. We're going to close this morning, and, and, and again, I know that this message undoubtedly has hit in some tender p- p- spots in our hearts today. For, for, for many, many of us, and as your pastor, I get that, I understand that. But we're just going to keep saturating in the word of the Lord and allowing him to do that shift within us for our good and for the greater good of what he wants to do in this house. I didn't really know what to do as far as a closing response to this, but I, then I felt like this was the, the, the response. There's a song that we haven't done in a, in a while. It's called uh, The Days of Elijah. And um, I just, yeah, by faith, I just want to declare that God is going to turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. The hearts of sons and daughters, he's going to turn to their mothers and he's going to turn the hearts of mothers to their kids. And that that's going to be a part of that heaven breaking. And I don't know where you're at this morning. If there's something that you just feel like you need to bring to the Lord, I'm going to just open up this altar and allow you to do that. And I just want to tell you this morning 
just before we do this closing, that the heart of the Father is turned to you today. That God the Father is absolutely, wildly, desperately in love with you. I don't know what your life has been, what your parental life has been, I mean, or what your life as a child was, or your parents, and they may have messed things up pretty bad, but I want you to know that God loves you. And that his heart's turned towards you. And if you just turn your heart to him, you can experience life not only now but forever. It's the best deal in the world. Don't miss it. Receive that salvation from the king. There's also healing in the Lord. Some of you have come out of very difficult situations. There's healing this morning for your heart. Let him heal you. Maybe you're a parent and you're struggling as a parent. Been there, done that. Yeah, I know all about that. But I want you to know that God loves you, loves your kids. And the end of the story hasn't been written yet. Let him just continue to strengthen and encourage you as we encourage one another. So why don't we stand to our feet, and if you want to come to this altar, you can, but we're going to sing this, and then I'll give a benediction prayer. You are welcome at this altar. Trying to make a declaration before the Lord and speak out over your family, whatever it is, whatever you feel prompted to do. Come on, here we go. These are the days. The year of Jubilee is a year of being set free. I believe the Lord is bringing liberty in this year of return. So many different areas. Just receive that Jubilee message of the Lord. And now with open hands, receive the benediction today. For I pray now that you might be filled afresh with the immeasurable love of God the Father. That you would step into the flow of the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, the Son. That you would experience the flood of the inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit to be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house. With the banner of the Lord over your life, expressing the goodness of His favor. Sent to make disciples of all nations. Sent to declare the good news that there is a King and that there is a a Papa who loves all His children and longs for them to come home. Until we meet again, either in this house or in our eternal home, this morning, I bless you, people of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Go in grace.